baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Stocks have been stuck in a trading range, and there are clashing opinions on what happens next. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Games. All right, we're going to get a trio of opinions today on the direction of stocks going forward. Let's kick off the conversation with Matt Shapiro, president of MWS Capital here in Chicago. Matt, always great to have you on the Gaines podcast. Thank you, Andy. Thanks for having me on. Matt, a lot of different opinions about the direction of markets heading into the back half of the year. Wanted to get your thoughts on things. Well, Andy, as always, and you know, uh, fortunately, we had a great first half. Now, late summer and early fall doldrums. And uh, I haven't seen a market actually in a long, long time that is just, I'm not going to use the word flat, but just lacking direction, lacking conviction. Um, You know, stocks up one day, Tesla up big 10%, then nothing happening the next day. Obviously, the, the issue with interest rates being so high just sort of sucks the life out of investors, at least in the short term. There's all kinds of talk about recession. Are you on team soft landing or do you see trouble down the road? Yeah, you know, Andy, uh, over many years, uh, I'm on my own team. And, and you know, I really want to look beyond this. Uh, you know, I, I'm not in the recession camp. Uh, I think the economy is really good, notwithstanding high interest rates. Uh, individual company performance is great. Households overall are doing great. Inflation is coming down. So, you know, we're in a booming, vibrant economy that's better than ever. That doesn't mean it's, of course, going to translate into stocks in the short term. So you have to look long run. And I think one of the catalytic factors I think that can happen is we've had employment steadily soften, steadily soften, steadily soften, um, revisions, bringing down employment. And I was speaking to one investor today. I bet if you actually look at the net-net numbers without seasonal adjustments from the Department of Labor, the economy may not actually have produced jobs this year or very modest. At some point, when we have an employment report, which is soft, the Federal Reserve is going to be forced to reduce interest rates, and that is going to breathe a real bit of life into the market when that happens. Now, there's two things. You, you honestly think th- this economy is is the best that we've ever seen in these conditions? And the other thing is, and you think the Fed, as soon as there's any kind of softness, is going to change direction? Kind of two questions there. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to be hyperbolic, you know, uh, Andy. I mean, people are doing well. I mean, 
Oh, okay. All right. I'll I'll, I'll take I'll take your word for that. I don't I don't know if you've been to the grocery store lately. No, I know. I no I I no. I'm in all. I understand. And you know what? There's a lot you could. Hey, there's low. Uh, inflation's come back a lot. Uh, the unemployment rate is low. Companies are making money. The U.S. looks better. Uh, than a lot of other places. So I get that. But you you mentioned this is one of the best. You know, I just wanted to, you know, just get your take on that. 100%. I mean, inflation is an inconvenience, of course, at the grocery store. It's something actually I need to do in just a little bit for the family, like we all do. It's a little bit of an inconvenience. Um, but, you know, the planes are packed. People are traveling out. Um, people are paying, I wouldn't say record prices, but, you know, in in, in our area, there's a boom in housing prices in the Midwest and people wouldn't be doing that if they weren't confident about the future. So you have to ignore a lot of the news media nowadays and look at really what's going on around you is, you know, everyone's doing well. Everyone has a great job. People have adjusted to remote working. Obviously there's pockets of difficulty as always, but overall the economy's doing well. And, you know, look at these GDP numbers, GDP estimates I've seen as high as, five percent uh i mean i think it's really going to be three percent and those are inflation adjusted numbers so those are good numbers all right fair enough fair enough the dow theory which i follow is bullish i wouldn't necessarily say the economy's as best as you know it's ever been but i i you definitely make a valid point there now back to the fed side so you think that the second that we see any kind of weakness in the jobs market that you think the Fed is going to change course, or do they have to kind of hold these rates here for a while to make sure that they lick uh, inflation for good? Hey, well, I mean, obviously they're not going to relent without a lot of pressure. And, you know, to thank you for restating the question. So great economy, but frustration at the grocery store, frustration with high interest rates, right? It feels uncomfortable. It doesn't feel right to pay 5%. On you know short term seven percent on a mortgage doesn't feel yeah right. but 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 I will bad. say when you look historically this actually seems more right I mean if anybody's we've been around for a long time I will say this I I actually think that these higher in, uh, interest rates you know give savers an o- a opportunity to to get some yield without you know having a ton of risk so I, I think there's almost a, a bit of normalization as well here. Agreed. And I, I, you know, I I will not touch that question, Uh, you know, whether the prevailing rates will be higher. Okay, fair enough. You have to say rates are high, given our experience. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of economists do think that uh, long term prevailing rates should be somewhat lower in any event. If the economy is not going to create jobs, if we're going to be flat jobs reports coming into an election cycle, the Federal Reserve will be under tremendous pressure to moderate interest rates. And I'm not saying take them to zero, but from five and a half, I feel their hand will be forced to pull it back down under five and that will breathe life into the market. Now, maybe the back end, of course, stays firm, 375, four, four and a quarter, something we might have to live with. But at least getting the yield curve kind of back in line would be excellent news for the market. But that's going to take some time. I don't see that story developing in the near term. And then the most important aspect of all of this is how do you play the market? What are you doing right now? What's your advice for individual investors? 
Well, first, I like these high rates. And uh, so I like the fixed income, whether it's, you know, you're waiting it out in the Treasury bills or, you're, you're, you know, you're going a little spicier out and getting six and a half, seven percent. Because if that story materializes where the Fed does have to take interest rates down a bit, those bonds should really pay off. Stock-wise, you know, there's a lot of stocks, Andy, that are low. Uh, You know, you don't have to chase NVIDIA. You don't have to chase Tesla. There's a lot of fundamental companies that, um, you know, the small caps, the mid caps that are are attractive or having great financial performance. These are some stock picks we've talked about. And they're catching up, Matt. And they're catching up a lot. You know, you had tech have that big monster run. That's the one thing that you've seen about the market. You're speaking to it right now is you're having a lot of areas that were flat starting to participate as well. A hundred percent. And, you know, just think of utility stocks just left, you know, left in the dust down 10 percent, I think is the statistic. So, you know, there's lots of attractive areas for great companies I mean, you can even look at a turnaround story like Disney, $83. There's so much out there. And earnings season, of course, will be starting soon. Um, earnings estimates should be improving, and uh, estimates are for growth of up to 10% over next year. So we'll see if that provides a little bit of catalyst to pull us out of these late summer, early fall doldrums. All right. I know you got to go to the grocery store and pay 30, 40% uh, extra than you had to maybe two, three years ago. But all that being said, final takeaway today and for the gains listener. 4,500 in the S&P 500 is the battle line. We're a little bit below it. We've been above it. We're just, you know, this is the floor of technical support and resistance that has to be battled through and built over the next few months to provide a sustainable level for further gains, we hope, with better news on inflation, interest rates, the Fed, over the next six months. Big thanks to Matt Shapiro, president of MWS Capital here in Chicago. Next up, Gary Kaltbaum, president of Kaltbaum Capital Management. Check out Gary's website, GaryK.com. Gary, always great to have you on the GAINS podcast. Thanks for having me. There's just a clashing opinions on the direction of markets uh, and where they're heading at the end of the year. Also, as far as economic conditions, you got team soft landing. You have those who are concerned about recession. So let's just start there. How do you feel about markets and the economy right now? You know, when I look at markets, I just don't look at the Dow and S&P, NASDAQ. All I can tell you, 65% of the market is pretty much in, in, in bearish territory. And I'm not talking about 20%. I'm just talking serious downtrends with some things worse than others, uh, like a Citigroup or the drug stores like CVS and, and Walgreens. I can also tell you that everyday new yearly lows are beating new yearly highs. Advanced declines haven't been so good. And now we got to watch technology because if we lose technology, uh, we're going to have more of a, a correction than most people believe. And all you got to do there is watch the semiconductors. If they continue to uh, head lower, I can promise you tech will uh, follow suit. And, and, you know, you were talking about technology. Your take on the AI trade, is it overdone? How's that fit into it? You did talk about technology and, and recent yeah. weakness. Well, I don't think it's hype. I think AI's got a, a, a long runway going forward, but I think it got overhyped. Uh, in the near term. 
and you can see a lot of names coming down uh, pretty hard. Even NVIDIA that came out with gangbuster uh, numbers on earnings, uh, that day opened up big, finished basically down, has done nothing but go lower, and broke some support today. So I think the AI trade this second has been tabled, and I think too many companies have been taking advantage of it by mentioning it 42 times uh, in their conference calls. So for now, I think uh, it's quieted down and there's nothing wrong with that. You you mentioned NVIDIA. Do you think that was uh, buy the rumors, sell the news kind of situation as we saw build up until that? And you talked about it. I mean, really knockout earnings. Yeah, to a certain extent. And, and look, you you said the words knockout. They just blow out earnings and sales growth where actually I was surprised that they sold into it. But it just tells you how things got a little too far, a little too fast, a little too frothy. And the, the market every now and then decides to wipe the smiles off the faces of people that have strong beliefs. And that's what you're seeing at this juncture. And that, that's actually healthy to wipe some of those smiles off those faces from time to time. We always talk about climbing a wall of worry on the economic front. You got Fed policy. That's been, been a big part of this. Um, what's your feeling on Fed policy, the economy at large? Uh, watch the 10-year yield. Uh, when the Fed was printing all kinds of money, they mattered. I think they matter much less at this point, except uh, they yap a lot and they interfere a lot. We're seeing the latest distortion of Jay Powell, where uh, interest rates were so low that everybody refinanced down to 3% mortgages. And who wants to sell a house with 3% and buy something at 75 so inventories that are a big low, and who knows how that ends up. So I just think they're kind of sort of off the table. Uh, they're noisy. Just watch the 10-year yield, and I'll give you a little number. If it breaks through 4.35%, that'll break through a 15-year high. That would be probably a negative because a combination of higher oil and higher interest rates, uh, there's no a worse combination, one-two punch, than those two things, the cost of energy and the cost to borrow money. So uh, that's the number I'm watching. That uh, To me, that's more important than the Fed at this juncture. How do you play this market right now? What's your advice for the individual investor, maybe moderately invested in this, uh, a little concerned? Uh, I mean, how do you play this? Well, I can tell you all that I've done. I've been very wary. I've been very light. I've been very cautious. I've been very much taking my time. There's not a lot of leadership in this market this second uh, and I'm always looking for that. And you find the leaders uh, on the new yearly high list, and there's not much there at this juncture. And I'm just really, uh, call me worried. We're going to have a big GDP number this quarter, but that's because the government's spending a lot of it. I am worried about every uh, statistic I am getting on credit card usage, um, on uh, which is at a record high at pretty much a big spike in, in, in the rates for credit cards. I am worried about savings rates plunged. I'm worried about the price of cars at an all-time high, uh, affordability for homes, uh, multi-year highs. Uh, there's just so many things that are fundamentally worries me. And then just add in the oil prices just went from 68 to 89. So keeping fingers crossed, it's not meaningful, but I know what's meaningful in the markets. And when the cost of everything goes up, and I know there's inflation numbers out there, but there's nothing more important than oil prices and yields. If that continues higher, that's going to eat, eat into profits. It's going to eat into stock prices. 
and that's when I, I, I think we're going to see some trouble, both market as well as economically. I hope I'm wrong, uh, but the statistics are bearing out right now down the road, and I don't think down the road so far away. And then as we wrap up our convo today, what's that final takeaway uh, for the gains listener? Uh, you can get over 5% riskless right now. Uh, we were at 0% two years ago. Uh, so if you don't like the ups and downs, not the worst place to go. But when all is said and done, find companies that did $2 billion last year in revenue and are going to do 3 and a half next year and 5 the year after and make big money off of big margins on those products or services, you will find those big winners. And they always show up on a new yearly high list. And that's why every day I am manning that list, uh, because that's where you get your doubles, triples, quadruples. And sometimes you get lucky enough to find a tenfold mover. Uh, let's just hope we can find a couple of those in the next 10 years. That's the best place to go. All right. Big thanks to Gary Kaltbaum, president of Kaltbaum Capital Management out of Orlando. Check out his website, GaryK.com. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back to continue the discussion. Hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I've been told that's podcast gold. Totally appreciate the solid there. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a GAINS episode drops. We drop GAINS episodes on Wednesday mornings. We'll be right back after the break. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, we're back, and to continue the conversation, we'll bring on Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the website UpsideStocks.com. As always, Chuck's in Hammond. Chuck, always great to have you on the GAINS podcast. Thanks for having me back, Andy. appreciate it. Clashing opinions regarding the direction of stocks and the economy going forward. Uh, You know, we've talked about this a million times. The Dow theory is bullish so that's a good thing but still a lot of uh, uncertainty out there so just wanted to get your take on things knowing that the dow theory is bullish yeah it it is um the last major signal was was pretty clear under the dow theory when you had both the dow industrials and transports uh dow transports go to significant what we felt were significant new highs and and what we're kind of going through now is it's kind of one of those pullbacks you have during bull markets that that kind of, uh, you know, their purpose is to scare the heck out of you. And that's, you know, they take the froth off the market. And so that's what we're going through now. Um, it's It's been a little bit more of an aggressive sell-off in the Dow Jones transportation average than it has in the Dow industrials, but both of them have been pulling back. Um, but at this point, you know, we have not seen anything unusual in terms of the pullback and anything that would indicate to us that it's more than simply a pullback uh, within a, a bull market. Uh, but we'll continue to watch. I mean, you know, I've been <laughs> been watching markets for over 40 years, Andy, and, and, and you've been watching them for a long time as well. And as you know, I mean, there's 
there are always problems. There are always things to concern investors. There's never just everything is rosy. I mean, there's always going to be issues and potential negatives out there, which there are now. Um, but at the end of the day, things tend to get driven by interest rates, inflation, and corporate profits. If those things go haywire, the market's going to go haywire. If those things tend to trend in the right direction, that's a good thing for the market. And so we'll see what happens there. Uh, but yeah, the, the the Dow theory is bullish right now. Well, and you had mentioned when it initially turned bullish, it was bearish for a long time. And we talked about it on this podcast a ton. And then about six weeks ago or whenever it turned bullish, you did kind of give us the heads up that it uses a lot of gas to you know break through that level. And often you see a bit of a pullback. So you kind of called that. Yeah. And you could, you know, you could see it kind of continue more. I'm not sure that this pullback is generating enough panic that that it needs to do to kind of really kind of take the, the froth out of the market. We're, we're getting there. I think people are, are starting to get a bit more concerned about things. Um, again, I mentioned the Dow Jones transportation average, which has come off pretty sharply from its its highs. And, you know, that has been pulling back pretty aggressively. And I think we will start to see some of that um, panic seep in if we continue to see kind of declines in those technology stocks that everybody loved and everybody owned and, and, and they all just went, you know, crazy in the first, you know, six, seven months of the year. As those start to pull back, and we're seeing that in, in you know, in the Apples and NVIDIAs and things like that, if they continue to decline, that's going to raise kind of the, the panic meter for investors, in which case that probably means we're closer to the bottom of this secondary pullback within a bull market. Well, and, and we also talked at the time that this gives us an opportunity, knowing that the Dow theory is bullish, it gives us an opportunity when we do see pullbacks in stocks that we like to actually pick them up and be confident about it. Yeah, that's right. And that's that's that may be the biggest thing about a, a bull market trend change is that you know, you can buy the dip and, and feel reasonably confident that you're buying a dip within an overall bull market. Um, if, if the primary trend of the market is bearish, you know, buying the dip is always a little bit dicey because, uh, you know, maybe this, it's just a, a, a bounce upward. It's a, it's a bear market correction, which is a correction to the upside, which will be followed by a resumption of the downward trend. Here, uh, you know, at least from a Dow Theory perspective, it is a, it is a bull market. So these pullbacks uh, and, and corrections to the downside are, are occurring within a bull market and thus giving you an opportunity to buy with some confidence that these will come back. You are the publisher of UpsideStocks.com. If you're a Gaines listener, of course, uh, check that out as well, UpsideStocks.com. What kind of things have pulled back a bit that you find maybe kind of compelling now? Yeah, well, some of the technology stuff has pulled back. Some of the semiconductor uh, stuff has has pulled back. You know, in that space, uh, you know, we we have if if you're focused on the on the upside stocks, some of the smaller and mid cap stocks. You know, a stock like uh, Dropbox, which symbol is is DBX, or uh, a semiconductor related stock, Excellus Technologies, symbol is ACLS. Uh, you know, those are stocks that have pulled back uh, that, you know, we like and ones that we think can continue to do pretty well. Um, and, and the other side of it is that, 
you know, what stocks aren't pulling back and, and showing really good resilience here? And sometimes you have to kind of look at those stocks as well and, and say, you know what, you got to you got to respect kind of that resilience where, you know, it, the stock's in very strong hands It's and and that tends to, to be pretty well. And one stock that fits in that category is Comfort Systems. The symbol is F as in Frank, I, X. So, you know, those are three names. But, again, you don't have to look too far to see some stocks that have been pulling back, uh, especially in the large cap space um, where, you know, these are names that people probably did want to own didn't want to chase them, and and they're probably going to get a chance to uh, to pick those stocks up here. When the Dow theory turned bullish, we cleared the deck on levels, and so have we established any kind of levels as far as you know? We we we've still just kind of turned bullish, but you know we always got to keep an eye you know an eye on what could happen if it switches back over. I mean, where are we at with the levels and that kind of thing? Yeah, we're still working out those levels on the downside. The upside levels are pretty clear at this point. Um, um, but on the, you know, we're still looking to see this secondary correction run its course and establish significant uh, low points, low points that will matter uh, eventually to whether the, the primary trend stays bullish or it changes to bearish. We haven't gotten to those points yet. Um, obviously, on the upside, that's a little bit different. Uh, you know, the upside points that will be important for the, the market to eventually go back through um, following this correction in the, in the case of the Dow Jones Industrial Average, that low, that high is, is the, uh, uh, let me see here, is the August 1st high, which is 35,630.68. Um, that'll be an important level for the market to go back up through uh, on the case of the Dow Industrials. And, and, you know, quite frankly, that kind of gives you an idea. We're not all that far off that. We, right, so not at all. We probably have a bit, yeah, we probably have a bit more, and, and that's why we probably have a bit more downside in the Dow Jones Industrial Average here to, to where there's a, a, a meaningful, low point. Um, in, in the case of the the transports, we have had a bit more of a meaningful pullback, but I don't believe those low points have been established. In terms of the high point, that's July 28th's high of 16,695.32. That's 16,695.32. Those are the key points on the upside that you want to see both the industrials and the transports continue to make a series of higher highs and those are the the latest highs that you you would like to see both of the averages go go past here so in the case of the, again the transports that's the the July 28th high of 16695.32 and then the case of the Dow Industrials that's the August 1st high and that level was 35630.68 and a lot of times, this takes a little time to shell out, so to speak. I mean, we're only a month, so you know oh, yeah, this three months. Yeah, you know, typically yeah. three weeks to three months. So I mean, it's again, nothing has happened here that doesn't fit the the characteristics and parameters of a secondary correction within a bull market. I, I know people kind of are quick to panic these days. I, you know, one of the things that, that cracks me up is when I I see something like you know, NVIDIA is in trouble. It's gone down for the last, you know, it went down 8% in the month of August or so far in September. And then I'm like, well, yeah, but the stock was up 
know? Yeah, I mean, did you see how where it climbed from? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, you know, and it's, it's like this panic sets in because all of a sudden, you know, that stock is up. Well, I'll tell you how much it's, you know. It's fifty-two. We over the last fifty-two weeks, the stock's up two hundred and forty-four percent. And that's so, that's after this this so-called sell-off. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So you know, it it. But people tend to, you know, get nervous more quickly, and and thus you know these corrections tend to wrap up more quickly because they tend to be rather abrupt but rather violent, scare the heck out of people, and then resume their upper trend. So, you know, as you said, we're about a month into it. Um, a little over a month in some cases. Um, so, you know, uh, we're, we're we're at least halfway there, and probably this will get wrapped up sooner rather than later. But um, my guess is we'll need a little bit more pain, particularly in the Dow Industrials here, to 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 to, to lay a, a good, you know, secondary low in here that'll be important for us uh, to see how well the market bounces off that low. And then finally... Uh, you know, as we, we wrap up the conversation today, takeaway for the gains listener. The biggest takeaway is, you know, it's, it's, it's still a bull market under the Dow theory. The primary trend is bullish, and that is a trend that, you know, at a minimum lasts eight months, if, if not much longer. So, you know, you're going to get shot here. So, so, you know, be on your toes, have your watch list of stocks ready, and you're going to get some opportunities here. You, you are already, and my guess is you'll get a few more of them over the next four weeks or so. As always, great advice from Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the website UpsideStocks.com. Chuck's out of Hammond, Indiana. All right, that's going to wrap up this week. Hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if that's an option for you. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new games episode drops. We are back next Wednesday morning. I look forward to seeing you then. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.